I'm Emily Campagno. I'm Guy Benson. I'm Shannon Bream, and this is the Fox News Rundown. Wednesday, May 24th, 2023. I'm Evan Brown. Could the U.S. default on its debt? Time continues to run out for Congress and the White House to reach a deal to borrow more money as lawmakers are ready for a holiday weekend. If they go home and the negotiators continue at the table here, maybe they get a deal over the weekend, maybe Tuesday or something like that, but members will go home. This is the Fox News Rundown Evening Edition. Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. It seems that mere daily meetings and negotiations between U.S. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy and his Republicans and President Biden over the U.S. debt limit are going nowhere. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen claims there are weeks, if not days, before the bank is emptied. Republicans on the Hill dispute this, but even if a deal is made, Congress needs time to review it. And they're about to go home for Memorial Day. We've never run out of money before. We've reached the end of allocated budgets, which meant shutting down Washington. But this is actually D.C. going broke because it can't borrow more to pay its obligations. You could have a government shutdown as a partial consequence of hitting the debt ceiling. But what this means is the government literally runs out of money. Fox's congressional correspondent Chad Pergram speaks to us from Capitol Hill. It does not have enough money to continue to pay all of its obligations. Now, some people might say, great, that sounds wonderful. But let's think about what some of the obligations might be. Paying Social Security checks. Uh, filling up retirement uh, accounts uh, to those uh, who you know work for the federal government, paying uh, workers for the federal government, paying the military, uh, just other contracts that the government deals with. I mean, people who have vending machines in federal office buildings don't get you know you know that that part of the contract is not fulfilled for some reason. Uh, food service. Uh, there's a lot that goes on there, and that's how that starts to trickle down into the economy. This is where Mark Zandi who is the economist with Moody's, says that this would probably cost about 1.5 million jobs. And the other way that this really impacts the economy is the market would probably decline precipitously. And then you would have a boost in interest rates. And this is how this filters down to the guy in Dubuque as well, is that if you're raising interest rates, you are tightening credit. And so routine businesses, mom and pop shops, whatever, suddenly it is harder for them to get loans to run their businesses. It, suddenly it is harder for uh, you know people to get mortgages, uh, get loans for automobiles. I mean, you name it. And it sticks with the economy for a period. And I'm not talking a couple of days. This is probably a year or two or more echo. I mean, think how long the echo was after the financial collapse in 2008. And since we are so close to that debt ceiling right now, uh, and, and this is the problem. I'm going to really take you down the rabbit hole right now. Janet Yellen has said that this deadline is early June, maybe as early as June 1st. I'm going to tell you right now, it might be May on the calendar, but we are in legislative June. If you were to get a deal right now, Wednesday, it would take two days minimum to get the bill into legislative text. 
So that means Friday. Then McCarthy, the Speaker of the House, has said that he's going to let his members have 72 hours, three days to review it. So that gets you through the weekend. Uh, what goes on simultaneously there is the Congressional Budget Office scores this, evaluates it, because members aren't going to vote yes or no until they know how much that this will do damage to the deficit, what the, what the score is, the evaluation is. So that gets you to Tuesday or Wednesday of next week before voting on it. And I will tell you right now, I will put money on the table at the Bellagio in Las Vegas that there will be some hiccup that, that they won't have the votes for this and they'll have to do some massaging and changing and whipping of the votes because every big bill goes down this way. So this gets you toward the end of next week. Well, guess what? June is here. That is the scenario if they were to get a deal now. And we haven't even talked about the Senate. And, and, and the Senate has to go through all this perm, these permutations, too. So that gets you close to the middle of June. So guess what, guys? We're at the deadline right now. So it seems like we're very much on the on the verge of losing of, of learning what happens when we hit that debt ceiling. And right. is there any belief that this could be, you know, that this could be something good? We, we could learn what happens when we run out of money. Well, I mean, from a learning experience, yes. I mean, our friend uh, Mitch McConnell, the Senate Minority Leader, uh, often said that uh, there is no education in the second kick of a mule. In other words, uh, if we got <laughs> kicked by the mule the first time, we have been educated and don't do it again. So maybe yes, in that sense, Evan, but beyond that, I don't know. <laughs> um, so let's talk about the negotiations. This has been going on back and forth. We, we seem to have some... Um, optimism that gets expressed both on the side of, of the White House as well as uh, Speaker McCarthy. They go into negotiating sessions. They come out and they say, we're just not there yet. Uh, the, the Republicans in the House have already passed something. It does include raising the debt limit, the debt ceiling. The, the White House doesn't seem to be very big on it. What is really the holdup? I mean, we're, are, we're, it just seems to me that they could just agree, all right, let's borrow some more money and figure the rest out afterwards. You see, that is anathema to Republicans in the House and increasingly in the Senate. And so because they're going to view that as spending more money and incurring more debt, even in the bill that the Republicans passed a couple of weeks ago, you know, it added, you know, money to the debt. I mean, it, it cut spending. It, it put the, the country on a better fiscal trajectory. Uh, some of the cuts in there were, were really steep, and I can talk about you know why those were steep and, yeah. and, and sort of the operational problems with that, if you'd like. Sure. But, but the, the deal was is that, and, and everybody kind of knew that bill was not going to work, and, and here's why. So they have said that defense is off the table, okay? Sure. Then they have said that uh, entitlement spending is off the table. So that gets you to about 85% of all federal spending. Right. And so and it might even be less than or a little more than that, because if you include veterans and if you include Homeland Security. So let's just say for the sake of argument, 87, 88 percent of all federal spending. So they are fighting over 12 percent of all spending, which if you're really going to change in the grand scheme of things, the overall fiscal trajectory, you can't do it by just, you know, tweaking the 12 percent here that we're at. That's the problem. And so. Passing those bills, funding the government, and making sure you aren't completely stripping out, oh, let's just say the FBI, which some Republicans would like to do, but yeah. there are pretty bad consequences for doing that, federal law enforcement, uh, or uh, the Department of Agriculture and subsidies to farmers, or water programs in the West. I mean, you know, you can cut all those things, and that bill cut pretty much that 12% by 22%, okay? Right. So we're down to that 12%, and so you're taking almost a quarter cut 
of that. That is a really steep cut in order to run the government. And so this is why, you know, Speaker McCarthy has repeatedly said, you know, we want to spend less money this year than last year. And he's talking about something called discretionary spending. That is the, the, the part of the pie that the government, uh, I'm sorry, that the Congress deals with. So, you know, you're really nibbling around the edges there. And the Democrats are like, hey, there's no way. You know what? You know what's interesting in the talks? Sure. The Republicans want to increase the defense spending part. And again, from a policy standpoint, that's fine. But this is why the actuarial math of this, I always talk about the political math on Capitol Hill, the actuarial math of this does not seem to work. And if Kevin McCarthy agrees to something that there's a lot of Democratic interest in, well, does that hoist himself by his own petard with his Republican members who said, Mr. Speaker, you came away from that bill. You came off of that bill that we passed a, a few weeks ago. We can't support this. And then what are the political stakes for Kevin McCarthy? We are speaking with Fox News congressional correspondent Chad Pergram on the impending debt ceiling and the stalling of negotiations between Capitol Hill and the White House. On the Fox News Rundown Evening Edition, we'll have more straight ahead. Well, I mean, and that is something he's got to factor in as well, because he he barely became speaker. If we just remember things earlier this year, it took a number of of votes for him to actually get enough and for him to cajole more conservative, more populist members of Congress to vote for him to, to back him as speaker. He could lose that support in that, you know, in, right. in a situation like that. And heretofore, you've had people like um, Anna Paulina Luna, the Republican freshman from Florida, say, we stand by Speaker McCarthy. You've had others do that. At what point do they say, hmm? Enough's you know, enough, or, right. Or, or, or does the Speaker put it, you know, here's the other part. Maybe the Speaker says, okay, I, I put up a good enough fight, and we did this for a couple of weeks, and then finally we hit the debt ceiling, and there's a catastrophic economic crisis, and he says, okay, I got to go for We have to forge an agreement here, but look at how I fought for you. That might be enough. And I'm going to tell you something that's interesting, a dynamic that I don't know that everybody's seen around the Capitol the past few days. You might have noticed that Kevin McCarthy is seen talking to reporters in the hallway a lot. Yeah. Now, as a reporter and a member of the Congressional Press Corps, I think that's great. I'm all for more transparency. Uh, John Boehner wouldn't talk in the hall very often, not unheard of. Pelosi here and there. Paul Ryan almost never. So, OK, guess what? I'm, I'm for this. There is a direct correlation between the speaker talking in the hall to reporters and not having a deal. Because if you if you have a deal or you're getting close, he doesn't need to talk as much. If he doesn't have a deal, he needs to fill the vacuum and whip up his members and gain support and show that he's fighting. So that's what's going on right now. So the more times you see Kevin McCarthy out there talking, that probably means that there's not anywhere near a deal because okay. he's filling that void. All right. So let's let's talk about the next 24 hours. And, and where, where do you think we're at? Uh, I can almost predict I have a very good crystal ball with an operable Tesla coil on it here, <laughs> Evan. And and so tomorrow, the House of Representatives is supposed to be done for the week. That was on the schedule. They are supposed to be out next week. It will be interesting to hear um what Republicans say when they you know, when they send them home, you know, there was a lot of criticism from Republicans about President Biden going to the G7 in Japan. And uh, even though he cut it short, he's supposed to go to Papua New Guinea and also Australia it didn't happen. OK, so uh, if they go home uh, and the negotiators continue at the table here, 
Maybe they get a deal over the weekend, maybe Tuesday or something like that, but members will go home. And the Senate is supposed to come back next week. You know, there was a lot of thought where some, some House Republicans were saying the Senate should be here working. Well, if you, you don't, you don't need people here. You don't need the House members and the Senate members here when there's nothing to vote on. And I'll tell you this, unless you have a piece of legislation for people to actually consider, the way that you actually get people more against your side, and this comes from experience on Capitol Hill, is that you keep them here, especially over an important holiday weekend for members, meaning they go and they are the Grand Marshal and the Memorial Day Parade back home, and they can't be there or graduation of their son from college or something. And they come back and they say, we didn't vote on anything. You're going to stir more anger and angst among them. And they're not going to vote for your bill then. So so it's actually better to get people out of the building uh, to go do their thing until there's something to vote on. Chad Pergram, our Fox News correspondent on Capitol Hill. Thank you once again for being with us on the Fox News Rundown Evening Edition. My pleasure. You've been listening to the Fox News Rundown. And now stay up to date by subscribing to this podcast at foxnewspodcasts.com. Listen ad-free on Fox News Podcasts Plus on Apple Podcasts. And Prime members can listen to the show ad-free on Amazon Music. And for up-to-the-minute news, go to foxnews.com.